guys and welcome back to muggles magic and mischief a harry potter podcast i'm your host kim and i'm your other host ryan today we're doing something a little different but we are reviewing the new fantastic beast movie the secrets of dumbledore that's right we finally saw it it's about freaking time (laughs) (laughs) i know it's only been a week since it came out but for me that's a long freaking time so it was perfectly released at a time that we could not see it over the weekend <laughs> but we finally did see it and, we did uh, we do have thoughts. we do have some thoughts we and have opinions some thoughts and some good ones and maybe some not so good ones but <laughs> okay. we're that's that's the purpose of today's episode we are taking a break from our like a one-week detour break from yep. our chapter-by-chapter reading of Sorcerer's Stone. We'll return to that next week. But for today's episode, we are going to talk all about this brand new movie. So, just to preface, if you have yes. not seen Secrets of Dumbledore yet... There will be tons of spoilers. Yeah, stop listening. <laughs> exclusively spoilers. <laughs> so stop listening right now. Come back after you've seen it. Yes. Please do come back, though. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Um, so I guess we're going to just kick off me asking Ryan a question because I want, I want you guys as listeners to hear it from both the like Harry Potter fanatic view, but also from like Kim's. the, <laughs> no, <laughs> but also just like the everyday I've seen Harry Potter movies view. So I'm like that's the, right. <laughs> I'm like the average Joe on the street. <laughs> yes. Hey, what did you think so of this, this new Harry movie? Potter guy, what do you think of him? Uh, he has glasses. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, he's the chosen one. <laughs> he's, he's a wizard, I think. Okay, Ryan. So Ryan asked that I ask him a specific question. Not we, just we to leave it open-ended, but to yeah, ask a specific question. Yeah, because there's so, we, so much we talked about with this movie already. Yes. That I feel like our thoughts need to be more streamlined i guess too before i before i ask the question just to another preface (laughs) how many are there book with five prologues (laughs) it's like reading lord of the rings which kim is currently doing. i am currently doing that and holy moly there's so many prologues um but no so we decided not to do an instant reaction for multiple multiple reasons um we've done instant reactions before obviously not for this show but we did it after we saw spider-man no way home And we did it in the car ride home from the movie theater because we have kind of a drive to get to a movie theater that gets movies opening weekend. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's been hella windy in Nebraska lately, which is where we live. That audio would have been fun for nobody. So that's one reason we decided not to do it. And another reason was a lot of my um, opinions came down to I don't know. (laughs) So I've had time to process. I think like our, and our, formulate an opinion. Our immediate reactions needed to be tempered yeah. by a few days of just kind of like in the back of our minds thinking about like, was the movie actually what we initially thought it was? Right. And I feel like a lot of times when people instantly react to things, it's very like... Abrupt? Well, but it's like whenever, whenever like a new... Whenever, Trailer or something comes out. Well, I was going to say like... 
whenever a new like Marvel movie comes out, it's like, oh my gosh, that was like a top five Marvel movie. It's like, was it really though? Or are you just excited because it's the latest yeah, thing you've seen? So, so it's like with something like a Fantastic Beast movies, it being like four years since we saw the last one, is it actually good? Is it actually bad? Is it actually I don't know? It, right. Like I feel like we needed a few days to actually assess our opinion on this movie. Yeah. And I feel pretty settled into what my, my opinion came out to be. I'm glad one of us is settled. Um, so just to give context, we saw this movie Saturday morning. It is now Monday evening talking about it. At the time of this recording. At the time of this recording. You'll be listening to it hopefully on Tuesday or thereafter. Um, Watch, someone finds this a few years from now and they're like, it's Saturday. Saturday. <laughs> Monday. What, what? What is going on here? They're like, am I having a stroke? <laughs> <laughs> Amnesia? <laughs> All right. Whoa. It's like a soap opera. <laughs> yeah, it is. All right, Ryan, are you ready for my first question? I am. So as a fairly... Odd parent. <laughs> fairly odd parent. <laughs> Oh, and you Timmy. just turned off the podcast. <laughs> I can't like not get it out of my head now. Okay, focus. Now, as a like average person okay. liking seeing Harry Potter, right? Yeah. I want to know what you thought about the chillin' storyline in this movie specifically, obviously. Okay. Um, so again, if you've not seen Maybe the movie, spoilers the are coming. Right, spoilers are coming it's if you've not seen the big movie. Part of the, of the movie. Spoilers are coming if you've not seen the movie. Are we talking over each other? <laughs> we definitely were. Oh, okay. So now Ryan would like me to explain the chillin' storyline. Could you please explain that? <laughs> oh, sorry. Dear Lord. That joke wasn't funny to begin with? Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the chillin' is this new animal that we've never met, that we meet at the beginning of the movie, and apparently it's the purest animal in the wizarding world, and it can see the future, but it also can tell you if you're worthy or not. It's a lot like Mjolnir. Mew Mew. Thor reference, anybody? No? Okay. And it will bow in front of you if you're worthy and it senses you have a good heart. All this stuff. Okay. That's what the chillin' is and what it does. It kind of looks like a deer. It's like a deer with but like, scales. But like a giant deer. And it's, it's like big. Like, it's got like dragon yeah. texture to its scales. Um, I thought it was the babies were so, so cute and so sweet. But I guess I want to know like from kind of an outsider's point of view, what you thought about that storyline. Because I have thoughts. So I have so many thoughts. I'm very intrigued by why you started there. Okay. Um, Where did you think I was going to start? I don't know. With Newt, Dumbledore, Grindelwald, no. anywhere else. Well, the movie um, is called Fantastic Beast, so I was starting with so the Fantastic this is our, Beast. This is our latest Fantastic Beast. Yeah. Um, I I thought the design of them was really cool. Um, but the storyline specifically. I, I know, I know. But like, I thought the design was really cool. Uh, the way we jump into them in the story was cool because... Instantly, Newt is looking yeah. for this chillin', and he even says to, like, pick it. He's like, you know, oh, I think it's about time. Yep. And this mother chillin' is giving birth to what we find out to be twin. Right. Twin chillin'. And, um... Chillins? 
Ch- chilling no. with my homies. No, I knew someone was going to make that joke eventually. Um, I did find the name a little clumsy, uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, the the use of them in the story, I felt was a little convoluted. Okay, explain. Because the part of the overarching story is that Grindelwald is trying to become the political leader of the wizarding world of the nazi party oh wait (laughs) there's so much nazi subtext in this movie oh my gosh like there's a whole like 20 minute scene where i just like leaned over to kim i was like gee the nazis much (laughs) it's like uh but but he's trying to become the leader of the political world when it comes to wizards and witches and that whole part of Europe wor- of Europe. Yes, the but the, it's the world beh- behind. Oh, sorry, Europe. it's not of Europe because it's no, the. It's all of them. It's all of them. Yeah. He because it's the. It's like, the International Confederation of Wizards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the Chillin though are kind of the unofficial way, of in the past. Yes, but they bring it back. They do bring it back so that they can choose a pure leader for these like troubled times. Right. And what Grindelwald does with the Chillin is he has his lackeys, you know, uh, uh, Credence. Being and the other lackeys whose names we whose don't names know. We don't know. The, uh, the, the pretty weird looking woman. Yeah, like the very intimidating, very yeah. icy. Like She's got very sharp features. Yeah, yeah. Um, they steal one of the Chillin from Newt. Thinking it's the only one. Yeah, and Grindelwald kills the Chillin. And in, in, its, its blood, in its blood, like, sees a vision of the Which future. was just so sad. The second he put his hands on that animal, I was like, that animal is dying. I was like, it was just... Mm. Um, but then Grindelwald reanimates the chillin' to kind of act as a puppet. Right. To then bow before him. Right. So that the whole wizarding world thinks that he is actually worthy. And they shoot off the sparks of their wand, and he's momentarily... Crowned the victor. Crowned the victor of this right. political race. So the Chillin are used in the story as a way for Grindelwald to, in a way, manipulate the wizarding world. To get what he wants. That he's actually worthy of this title when I, I, I believe even he knows he's he's not. He's he's trying to obtain the title to as a means to an end. Right. Because he wants the war with the Muggles. Mm-hmm. And that is why he uses the Chillin in the way that he does. he does. I thought that the storyline was a little clunky. Okay. Because it's like, wait, there was a twin chilling, and oh, this one's dead, but this one's alive, and this one won't bow to Grindelwald because he's not worthy. And I, I don't know. It, it was, I thought it was a little clunky, to be honest. Um, I, I applaud the effort to okay. make it like to give a a magical creature like a prominent spot. We've talked about that on the show before how magical creatures have prominent roles in a lot of these books and movies. I just felt like this one was like, oh, we need an animal. We need an animal because we need something for Newt to do. Okay, can I can I say what I want to say now? I yeah. appreciate you not talking about Oh my gosh. So, I have felt pretty much since the beginning that these movies have two separate storylines that... She just wants to intertwine so she can tell the Dumbledore Grindelwald storyline. It's just convenient that Newt's the hero, but he's really not. It's really not about. It's not a bit. No, he's not. 
who the story's about. The story's about Dumbledore, and Dumbledore is our main hero. Yeah. Even in the first movie, Dumbledore's not even in. Everything that Newt is there for is because of Dumbledore. Everything's yeah, about Dumbledore. To, it's the obscurest. Yeah. So, any mention of Fantastic Beasts, animals, anything, to me just feels like, well, the movie's called Fantastic Beasts, therefore we have to have a beast in it. Anytime they do it. It's very frustrating. It almost feels like she doesn't know what she's doing. That's what it feels like when I watch it going, Kate, why didn't we just make a series? If you wanted to make a series about Grindelwald and Dumbledore, why didn't you just do that? Why did it have to be a Fantastic Beast series? Because I enjoy Newt and his antics by itself. And I also enjoy the Grindelwald-Dumbledore stuff by itself. But I don't think that it pairs well together. Hmm. It seems mismatch. Like, it doesn't fit. Like, they're forcing it to fit. That's what it feels like. It feels too forced. Yeah. I've said this to Kim on multiple occasions when we've watched or talked about Fantastic Beasts. I love Eddie Redmayne as Newt's commander. Like, he is... I've told Kim this so many times. He is one of the most unique heroes in modern film. That's because he's not a hero. But he's not a hero in the classical, like, Western sense of it. No, I'm saying even in the story, he's not the main character. They're trying to make him the main character. I, under, I understand that. I understand that. He is a much more kind-hearted, empathetic, caring hero who does things for the good of either the being he's trying to to save right. from, you know, whether it's a bad person or whether it's a friend he's trying to understand and help in the, you know, with Jacob and Theseus and you know, all, all the supporting characters. Yeah. Newt is the hero. Newt is the hero that I personally find the most compelling because when you get to the Grindelwald Dumbledore story, I think it follows more like traditional traditional tropes, even within Harry Potter. Like, you know, Harry and Voldemort are connected yeah. on, a, on, a, on a deeper level. So are Dumbledore and Grindelwald. It's a different form of relationship, but there's that deep connection yeah. where there's some reason why they have to wait until this pivotal point to fight each other, and then they're actually able to fight each other, and the battle kind of goes the way you know it to go when it comes to stereotypes. Right. But I find Newt compelling within the story. Newt is, to me... Newt and Eddie Redmayne's portrayal of him is the best part about these movies. It it's my favorite part about these movies and coming in second place is Alice Dumbledore in his three piece suits. I'd just like to throw that in. Uh coming in a close second for this guy is Jacob Kowalski. I know. Kowalski is so good. Because Jacob is also a different type of hero. Where he is a consummate he reminds me more of Neville. Kind of, yeah. He, he is an underdog. There's not a lot expected of him, but he proves his bravery no matter what. And Lily, one of the new characters, Lally. Lally. Sorry, one of the new characters that we meet, uh, Lally Hicks, who kind of joins the intrepid adventuring band of Dumbledore's, you know, agents. I don't know. Agents is probably most appropriate. It's the first of Dumbledore's armies. Lally is... Ooh. Or the part. first of the Order of the Phoenix, Ooh. but it's not. But. Lally is part of the story that I found really awesome, too, in this movie, where Jacob is, he's thrust into more of a... Forefront position? Yeah, he, he develops a lot in this movie. 
He owns he owns who he is in this movie. In past movies, he kind of just follows Newt. Versus in this movie, he does a lot of stuff. He does a lot of stuff with Lally, but he also does a lot of stuff on his own. Yeah, yeah. And he's not so much following, but actually like a key player. Yeah. So yeah, I really I. You know I love Jacob Kowalski. Jacob and Newt, I think. I'm married to a Jacob Kowalski, so. (laughs) Not as good of a baker. (laughs) (laughs) No. I'm a terrible baker. But, yeah, uh, I'm curious because you've said this multiple times as we've talked about these movies, as we've been reading through the books, that there is no source material for this. So being a, a very, like, in the trenches, like longtime fan, what is it like approaching these movies with no source material? How do you assess these movies? Yeah, I know you've told me, but I like for listeners' benefit, you go into these movies entirely different than I do. Yes, yeah, so I just want to clarify something. So, technically, there's source material in that there is a textbook. That Rolling, yeah, Beasts. that Rolling created Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, written by Newt Scamander. All things she made up, all things that she then put into a book, you know, to publish. Um, similar to there's a Quidditch through the ages, and but it also is not a tales prose of, novel. No, it's textbook. It's a textbook. It's a textbook, is- and it's actually kind of funny because. It's sold as a textbook that was used by Harry and Ron. So there's Harry and Ron's handwriting in the margins, commenting on things, crossing things out. So it's really entertaining, but it's more inspired by. So there's not a source material in the way that there's source material for the Harry Potter movies. Obviously, like chapter by chapter, we can see they pulled this from this and this from this. Um, I try, this is so, Ryan asked me this on the way to the movie, and I said I was going into the movie very open-minded, because anytime I don't, and I go in expecting something, I'm disappointed. I'm the same way with superhero movies. Yeah. When I've read the source material for them, I'm like, okay, they will do an inspiration of this. Right. So I've actually learned over um, my 26 years that I prefer to watch the media presentation whether it's movie tv show first and then read the source material versus the other way around Mm. because i like to say oh there's so much more versus going oh there's so much more you could have done you know like learning that there's more versus being frustrated that there wasn't more in the show that's a great way of putting it so um that's just how i've been ever since harry potter kind of let me down (laughs) honestly uh, not that the movies aren't great, but it's just not the same. Ever since then, I have just learned I would rather watch the movie TV show first, then read the book and discover that the book is wonderful, but I also still like the movie as it is because I saw it first, and it was yeah, kind of yeah. my introduction into things. So with Fantastic Beasts, there's obviously no source material, so I'm, I'm going in very open-minded, trying to... Um, I really enjoy the first two movies, and maybe if I watched um, Secrets of Dumbledore a couple more times, I'm sure I would kind of like like it more. Um, having only seen it once, though, I was disappointed. <laughs> I was just kind of disappointed. The sto- I told Ryan afterwards, it took me a long time, like well into the movie, to realize that Grindelwald was running for a political office and that's what they were trying to confuse him about. Yeah. 
probably took me way too long. I don't know if it was just like we were supposed to assume that or what, but um, even when Theseus is reading the newspaper and Newt asks him who he thinks should win and he says Santos, that's all well and good, but they make no mention of this is what Grindelwald's trying to do. No mention of that. Yeah. It was kind of, it felt to me at the time, the newspaper thing, like a throwaway, like, oh, we're just adding this in for flavor. And then finding out, holy crap, this is what the whole movie's the whole about? The movie is about that. Like, could we just not make that more clear, please? Yeah. So, I tried to be open-minded, even afterwards, while I was still processing, tried to be open-minded about, okay, maybe I'm just, like disappointed up front but maybe i just need to think about it some more but no i think i'm just disappointed i'm not saying there wasn't great parts the parts with new and theseus were awesome amazing jacob getting a wand amazing jacob and queenie getting married absolutely fantastic a great ending jude law can do no wrong okay jude law is amazing however the story mm, that's what i think so (laughs) that's what i think so those of you out there that, you know, have not seen this and maybe you're waiting to hear what we think about this, we will always encourage you to go watch things for yourself. Don't take the opinion of someone else as, you know, oh, that's absolute truth. And th- no, they, that's they just my opinion. Right. So he- here's what here's what Kim and I have discussed over the last few days. And I think this is essential to understanding this movie in kind of the wider context. There are a proposed two more Fantastic yes. Beast movies. Why? And this movie I know why, but this movie begs the question of what is is it is this movie within the grander scheme of five movies going to be essential viewing when the series is done? Like think about this. No, I know. L- let me let me can I just say what we're building up to? Well, I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, okay. In in Harry Potter, yeah. there are how many movies? There are eight movies. Are any of them, if you looked at them and you were like, okay, if I was going to take one of these away because it just doesn't, it's not essential. Yeah. Is there is there one that you could take yeah. away? Which one? Uh, based on storyline only, not on anything else, Prisoner of Azkaban is the only one that does not involve Voldemort. I say that the way I say it because Prisoner is my favorite book and movie, but in the grand scheme of things, it's not important at all. So when Fantastic Beasts is done, I think this will be the chapter of the overarching story. They'll be like, it's a fine chapter, but it, it's not essential. Yeah. And we even talked about that with our breakdown of Sorcerer's Stone, how like the Norbert chapter, it's not essential. No, at and, all. And and that just, I came out of this movie being wowed by the acting. I thought the acting was great. I, I even, you know, Kim has been very outspoken about this, but I thought Mads Mikkelsen did a great job filling in. In an unfortunate situation that we wished wouldn't have happened, do not go on your trial rant right now. You can't. This'll... Justice for Johnny, that's all I have to say. But But here's what I'm saying. Like, Great performances, great costuming, great scenery, great effects, great humor, great all that kind of stuff. But the plot did not feel essential. Yes. 
Okay. It felt like a lot of all these like random side quests. But it was like, but really, we were trying to get to the end, but none of the side quests really, like, got us to the end. The end just kind of happened on its own. Yeah, the end was already going to happen whether our heroes succeeded or failed. Yeah. So I just was just confused. I will really quick say about Mads Mikkelsen, I have nothing against him. I like him in plenty of movies. I have honestly nothing against him in this movie except for the fact that he's not Johnny Depp. But what I will say about his portrayal of Grindelwald is that up until this point, Grindelwald's been very eccentric and kind of like eclectic and like weird. Very Johnny Depp. Yes, but also like charming in a way that he like draws people in, which he has to be to be Grindelwald, just like... His counterpart in the real world, Hitler, had to be charming in some kind of way to get flocks of people to gather around him, right? I don't feel like Mickelson really hit the charming note. As You said, I think, menacing was the word you used. Intimidating was the word I used. It was like flipped a switch, and it literally did because we flipped from one actor to another. Two very different actors. Yes, but it like... It doesn't feel like Grindelwald. It just felt like this, like, what, yeah. And I don't know if he was, like, if Johnny would have still been in the role, if he would have flipped the switch too because it's getting more serious or what. But I just did not love that because it, it felt like Grindelwald lost all of the charm that draws people in. Like, if Grindelwald was like that in the last movie, Queenie would not have joined him because Queenie, like, second-guessed the whole movie. That's just my thought. Yeah, I, I think I think if, if I Johnny, just miss Johnny Depp, okay. If Johnny Depp were still in the role, I think you would have seen this movie have been. It would have been a deeper, darker version development of yeah. the character that was already there. Going from you know even like heck back to like Colin Farrell portraying the character that we end up finding out right is um, Johnny is Depp involved like. It's it's a it's a slow, darker, 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 and in in this movie, you finally see Grindelwald at a point where he's desperate. Like at the end of the movie, where we leave him, he's like alone. Yeah. Like his plan did not work. Right. And you know, and uh, the the blood oath is broken, so now they can actively move against each other, and Grindelwald like knows now. That Dumbledore is not going to, he's not going to hold back anymore, and I think that Mickelson, and in his portrayal, maybe we would be talking about this differently if Mickelson had started out in the role, right? And it had always been this very cold, almost serial killer esque vibe, this uh, kind of cult leader, like charming to a point, but he kind of reminded me of Mickelson was. A few years back, he was in a NBC drama uh, that was uh, loosely or maybe directly connected to the Hannibal Lecter movies with Anthony Hopkins. He plays a version of Hannibal Lecter in an NBC series. I, I, the name of the series is escaping me right now. But that... Is it just Hannibal? I think it might just be Hannibal. But, like, he portrays Hannibal Lecter in that series. And this... That Grindel- feels 
Yeah, like he's serial like, killer vibes. Yeah, it, it really reminded me of that performance of his. And that you're right, that is a departure from where Johnny Depp was taking the character. But if Johnny Depp were still in the role, I'll bet you we would have gotten his version of this darker, darker. complex desperate but also there still has to be some of the charm because he's still trying to recruit people around him so that's the piece that i feel like was missing is there wasn't any of that like warmth and then we cold people off and we're like well flip a switch on them kind of thing there was the scene though where he gets out of the car uh, amongst the the crowd where he tells the one... He's like a rock star or whatever. But they... Here's the thing. That was dumb, too. He he, he, spe- he speaks to, to... Think about this. Real world leaders have done this throughout history. And I'm not trying to, like, ruin everybody's, like, fun little Harry Potter podcast here. But, like, I think what, fi- what I find so compelling about Mickelson and Grindelwald in this movie is he uses a very simple tactic of feeding the fears of the people that are clamoring, the people who get to make the decision. Right. And in this movie, he he play he plays to them. He uses the the masses as a means to his end. And he tells them what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. Ex- he tells them exactly what they want to hear, and they make him leader because of it. And then they instantly flip a switch. <laughs> like that even Kim, like when the when the real chillin' shows up, and this is probably way too confusing for someone who's listening and hasn't seen the movie. But when the real chillin' shows up and Newt Newt stands up to Grindelwald and says, like, you like you are not like that You're not worthy. You're not worthy. Yeah. And he points out that the chillin, chillin is that, dead. That, that Grindelwald had reanimated was dead and sickly and it was basically almost like a it was like a puppet. Yeah, it was like a puppet being told to to move its strings in a certain way, and you know Grindelwald is like, "You have no proof. You yeah. have no proof." And um, by the way, if if someone's ever accused of something and their response is "Prove it," and so it's like, "Hmm, pretty sure you're guilty." Pretty sure that's a guilty thing, but, <laughs> but like then they instantly turn you know back and they they follow Santos because the chillin. The real chillin. The real chillin that's still alive decides that Dumbledore is is worthy. Oh, which was like... And then like, Dumbledore's like, no, anyone else. Yeah. Like, seriously, there has to be someone else worthy here. Which just made my heart so happy, too, seeing that Dumbledore's worthy because... And I've thought this at times, that Dumbledore is the villain, truly, of the Harry Potter series, that he pulls a lot of strings, but I think he pulls a lot of strings for the greater good. And so even now... In these movies, we're seeing he's pulling a ton of strings, but he's doing it for the greater good because he truly cares about the world, not just wizard kind or muggle kind, but about all of it. And so it's the it's it's the the old the old Star Trek idiom of the the needs of the few or the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Yes. Okay. Two things. You said you were going to ask me a question. I don't think you did. But (laughs) do you remember what it is? No, no, <laughs> the, the confused face. Um, it's fine. So I was going to just talk about what the Fantastic Beast movies are leading up to. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then we can probably shut the review yep. down. So they're leading up to Grindelwald's defeat by Dumbledore in 1945. Now, that is not a spoiler that has been known since literally, literally how chapter started. seven. 
of Harry Potter chapter six. Anyway, so um, it's on Dumbledore's chocolate frog card. So Harry knows, like, that is what Dumbledore is known it's for. It's what he's known for, yeah. Yeah. So that's not a surprise. Um, if you didn't know that, however, I'm sorry if I surprised you. <laughs> but I just looked up what year Secrets of Dumbledore is supposed to take place. And it says it's supposed to take place sometime before... September of 1939. So it's supposed to be before the start of World War II because the wizarding world mimics or mirrors the human muggle world. And so we're going to see Grindelwald rise to power as Hitler rises to power. Um, So that's what we're leading up to. So the biggest question is why do we need two more movies? I feel like we could have done maybe with one more movie but two seems a bit much what are your thoughts on that i honestly i don't know what more i can add to that other than um i just don't know what's oh i remember what we were going to talk about we haven't talked about credence yet because that's how important he is in this movie he's not severus snape looking dude uh so this is the analogy i gave ryan when we find out Credence's true heritage, still a Dumbledore. He's Aberforth's son. Yes. When we find out his true heritage, I said... Like a wrench thrown in at the last minute. I said it felt a lot like how we were told Ray Skywalker was actually a Palpatine. That's what it feels like. Like, that's oddly convenient. It feels like a curveball for curveball's sake. Up until this, for the last four years, we've been trying to figure out, you know, how he's a Dumbledore, how he's related, all this stuff. And the biggest theory we had seen and probably tracked with was from Super Carlin Brothers talking about, which if you don't know who they are, freaking look up their YouTube channel. They are amazing. They cover most nerd things. Very entertaining. But they came up with a theory that um, Credence was Albus's dark twin and that actually felt like it made sense this doesn't really feel like it makes sense because there's no connection like we're not connected to aberforth really whatsoever he hasn't shown up in any other fantastic beast movies no he's in this movie and he's in the last harry potter movie and nobody knows really that he exists ever and so it's like i don't know if they're trying to make us feel something for aberforth but Credence seems more like a means to an end versus, like, that's what it felt like the last two movies were about. Yeah, they're about, they're about Credence. Right. And now it feels like no one could give two craps about Credence. <laughs> honestly, Dumbledore having a secret, like, dark twin... Would have been super interesting. Would have felt like an actual secret. Yeah, what was the secret of Dumbledore? The fact that he loved Grindelwald? Because that was not a secret. The worst kept secret in the wizarding world. The Quibbler had that one done. Yes, they did. So The life and lies of Albus Dumbledore. It's all in there, people. So, yeah. Mm. Um, the movie is... Let's I, I Yeah, say, let's wrap it up. What the, would you say is, in like a couple words? The movie is fine. The movie is fine. It's fine. Um, I I don't want you to go away from this review completely like, well, they don't even like Harry Potter movies. Oh, I do. Oh, we do. We do very much. And we love uh, some things. We'll just give you some things that we really enjoyed about about the movie as we go out. And then we'll tell you what we got coming up in the next few weeks because we've got a lot of cool stuff happening. So we really loved the cast. 
We really yes. love the cast. Um, I will say this. I was sad Catherine Watterson wasn't in it more. But she does show up at the she end. Does she does show up. up. That's for the wedding who plays scene. Tina. Yeah, and um, and like they show her face like in a montage briefly. And even when like when Eddie Redmayne is standing outside the bakery and he's like going over his best man speech, and Tina walks up, I was just like, I had this emotional reaction of like, why do I care about Tina now? Like in the last few movies, like she almost seemed like a nuisance, but it was almost like a. She wasn't in the movie, so it felt more significant at the end yeah. that she shows up. And like, this is where I tell you, like, one of my favorite things about the movie, I'll reiterate it one more time. Eddie freaking Redmayne is so good. He's he is. so good. He is so, like, effortlessly charming. Mm-hmm. But in, like, the super awkward way. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Which like, is just, he, like, he it's just, adorable. He is. And, and I, I think this is pretty well established with you know the rest of his his career is he just he nails everything he does yeah and he is such a great actor and those moments like at the end with the wedding where they're just these little character moments i think that's one place where this movie really succeeded yeah was little character moments between newt and tina at the end newt and jacob you know theseus and uh you know, just every everybody, even Newt and Dumbledore have these conversations. Yeah, they're so they feel so meaningful. That I forgot to even tell you this. My my favorite scene in the movie is when Newt and Dumbledore in Aberforth's like upstairs room, mm-hmm. and Albus is telling Newt how how his sister died. Yeah, and Newt tries to be like, "There's no way you could have known," and Albus is like, "Don't pity me." Yeah, and like it's just two actors. At the peak of their power, just having this dramatic tour de force of carrying a scene so incredibly. Every time Newt and Albus are in the same scene, my attention goes to how Eddie Redmayne and Jude Law interact. Just so good. Like, (laughs) I've been saying it for weeks, people. Jude Law's amazing. Their on-screen chemistry as as teacher and student. But now it's more like friend. Friend friend and... Friend and lesser friend. (laughs) Friend and younger friend. Um, (laughs) I I really just... I, I, I loved that scene because you see Newt's care... For his teacher, yeah, he looks up to him. He like he would. He even says it at the end of the movie. He's like, "If you ever need me, I'll do it again. I'll do it again." Which makes me think. I when I heard that, he goes, "You know, if you ever need me, I'll do it again." Would Harry have said the same thing if Dumbledore was still alive at the end of Deathly Hollows, and they had finished everything, Voldemort's defeated, and Harry died and comes back? Would he have said, Dumbledore, I trust you? Yeah. I would do it again. Yeah. I don't know. Don't know. Um, I'm not sure. But, you know, back to the things that, you know, we just really loved. You know, the cast. Oh, yeah. The, the cast, cast was, was great. great. There was a really funny moment between Newt and Theseus in, like, the jail scene where the little crab scorpion things and they're dancing. That and was hilarious. You're not swiveling right. I am swiveling just like you. That that was good. Uh, Pickett's always one of my Pickett's favorites, great. and he's got quite a few like um, important parts. Well, I was, no, I was gonna say more like um, 
the funny sidekick role where he's got facial expressions and like sounds he that he's making. He puts glasses on. Yes. He just does a lot of things. It reminds me of a Star Wars movie where they have like that character that's kind of funny and it's just there yeah. for the laughs. That's what he remind me of. Um, but yeah, Pickett's always good. Yeah. And and I think um, I'm just I, happy Jacob and Queenie are back together. I do think that wherever you fault the plot and the screen, uh, the screenplay, I do think David Yates knows how to make a Harry Potter film. Yes. I think David Yates is. Well, he's now. I mean, he's always made the most, but. I'm just saying. Officially, like, <laughs> he he seems very locked in to the feel and the tone of this world. Yeah, I, you know, maybe... David Yates is the director, by the way. <laughs> maybe after the next and then the fifth installment, maybe I'll come back and be like, I see what they did Yeah. with this one. And that's what I'm really hoping for, is that I just don't understand because it's not meant to be complete. Yeah. But... I just, I guess I just hope because yeah. I don't feel that way now. I yeah. feel like something's missing. Like I'm, I'm left wanting more, but not in a good way. Yeah. Not in a like, oh, I wish I could have another five minutes of that. That was amazing. More like, wait, there's not another five minutes. I could have used some, something else. Yeah. But, but go and check out this movie for yourself. Maybe you will find something in it that we didn't see. Maybe you will pick up on a plot line that we're just honestly failing to see at this point. We hope that you develop your own opinion when it comes to this movie. And in the in the following weeks, we're going to talk about box office numbers. We're going to talk about how it's performing in that way. And looking forward to, I don't know, what could be on the horizon. Because the next two movies aren't announced yet, are they? I don't believe so. And it took four years for us to get this one. Well, that's because of COVID, but yeah. Yes. How, how many years was it between the first two? I feel well, like let it wasn't, me look it up. I feel like it wasn't that much time, but I don't yeah. think so. Either. Um, we would just encourage you to go do that and take take the things we're saying with a grain of salt. They are our opinions, and we encourage you to develop your own. How many years was it? Two years. Two years. So hey, maybe in twenty twenty four, we're talking about yeah the fourth installment of this awesome little side series uh we we often compare it to lord of the rings and the hobbit movies how it's like harry potter the harry potter movies are like yeah and then the fantastic beast movies are like at, at least, least at least we're in the world we're in the <laughs> so, wizarding yes. world uh, so yeah so until then we're just gonna let you know what we've got coming up there's no quiz today we're not gonna find out if Kim is smarter than a first year this uh, this week. He did test me, though, on the way home from the movie on actual Fantastic Beasts, like from the Wizarding World. I thought it was on the movies. Turns out it was just on Beasts, and I did not do so hot. So this just in, she is human. <laughs> I only got half of them right. But it's, you got more right than I would have ever gotten. I guessed on all but one. Yeah, it was pretty amazing <laughs> to watch. Um, but... Next week, we are going to be covering the 16th chapter in Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. Entitled? Through the Trap Door, It's Finally Happening. 
We're hitting the climax of the book. Yeah, like we're going to go through all the challenges and we're going to get towards the final confrontation with our mysterious villain. Who uh, is it? And, and is it got, Snape, guys? <laughs> and we've got one more chapter after that. And then. To freaking wrap it up like that. Because the week. So fast. The week after our last chapter, we are going to be talking about the first movie. We are. Is it going to be kind of weird going back and watching the first movie? I think so. It's been a long time since I've seen the first one. Well, it's, maybe not a long time, but it's, a decent amount of time. It's such a different movie than like the, the recent like Harry Potter movies in the last 10 years. Yeah. It's, it's got a way different vibe. It's very Chris Columbus. So, yeah, because that's what we were talking about. So David Yates does the last four Harry Potter movies. Yes, and they all feel the same. Yeah, and then he does, you know, he's done all Fantastic Beasts. Well, Chris Columbus definitely takes more of a Home Alone approach. <laughs> Much more of a family-style movie. Right, which it should have been because totally. at that point it's not like death and dark and doom. Yeah. So we're not learning killing curses and not torture yet. curses. Um, but yeah, so in the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the first movie. We got a lot of fun stuff planned for uh, for the show in the next few weeks, and we're excited to get to the end of our first book. Finally, that is nuts. And then the week after that, we'll we'll start Chamber of Secrets. Oh my gosh! Already, which would be <laughs> really nuts. Uh, so until then, you can check us out on Instagram at Muggles Magic and Mischief. You can check out our Patreon also at Muggles Magic and Mischief. We'll have a new history of magic going up there within the week, and uh, yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun with just some cool Patreon stuff. With I think we're gonna try and maybe do some bonus stuff related to the movie. We could do some fun quizzes maybe hey maybe we'll finally do our birdie bots beans oh yeah i bought us some birdie bots every flavor beans we haven't really decided what we're gonna do with those yet. i don't know i just bought them because they looked like fun yeah they half of them look like fun half of them look like i might throw up well remember when we played bean boozled Ugh, i'm pretty I sure i didn't game. play because i was pregnant at the time and i didn't want to throw up but we got some good stuff planned for you, and we got a movie to talk about in the next few weeks. We're going to go all the way back, and it's going to be like a time machine. So It will be. To the 90s. Thank you for Sorry, joining 2000s. us. <laughs> the book came out in the 90s. I was going to say, until we see you again in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, uh, we just want to thank you for listening today. hope you enjoyed this review of Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Kim? I'm going to ask you the question that I ask you every single episode to close us out. After all this time. Always. See you later, guys. Mm-hmm.